This episode of the A Real Change podcast is sponsored by Dry Farm Wines. Now, you've got to hear this. I, because of gut health and other things and trying to keep my 56-year-old body lean and strong, stopped drinking wine a couple years ago because the sugar just kept messing me up and all of my efforts. And then I found Dry Farm Wines. Okay, these are lower sulfites, lower alcohol, sugar-free, grown organically and biodynamically. And to be honest with you, what does all that mean? It means it's paleo and keto friendly. It means it's low carb friendly. It means I can now drink wine and not have my gut get upset. I can now drink wine and not have all my diet efforts be ruined. You guys have to try Dry Farm Wines. And I've got a great offer for you where you actually can get a bottle when you order a bottle for just a penny. My personal favorite happens to be the rosé and the red, but they have so many different selections, including sparkling. You've got to check it out. So go to dryfarmwines.com forward slash a real change for your penny bottle offer. And remember, Dry Farm Wines makes it funner to not only drink wine, but you actually can do it without the guilt. Dryfarmwines.com forward slash a real change for your penny bottle offer. Hey, it's so good to be with you, Holly. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be on your show. Well, we're excited to have you. And Lane has really stirred us up. And I knew I had to get his bride on here. Oh, gosh. And have some girl power talk and have some fun. So tell us what you do, what you're passionate about, something that no one on the internet knows about you. And we can go from there. Sure. So I guess uh, I probably should start with what my uh, credentials are. So that explains what I do. (laughs) So uh, my background is in dietetics. So um, I guess I used to do a lot of sport when I was really young, um, track athletics, basketball. I think my mom put us into every single sport you could ever imagine. Um, And that kind of, I just just grew into my a love and a passion for physical activity, sport, nutrition, and everything to do with that. Like I'm just mm. super interested in like how that all works. There's like it's such a dynamic process. So uh, I went and got uh, qualified in my undergraduate in food science and nutrition. So I love cooking, love baking, uh, anything to do with I guess the science of food. Uh, and then I went on and did my master's degree in dietetics. So. I guess what I do uh, today kind of reflects all of that. So my past as uh, a young girl doing a lot of sport and then uh, growing into, you know, I guess the education side of of all of that. So my day-to-day role uh, is many things, Um, way too many things to be honest. Uh, (laughs) But primarily uh, I do uh, one-on-one coaching. Um, So I work with about 100 clients at the moment. Um, and then outside of that, we have uh, a nutrition coaching app, which we've just launched. Uh, I have a glute band company. I train a lot. <laughs> uh, and then we also have a team of coaches, it, like everything's to do with nutrition and education and helping people, uh, I guess, better their bodies um, in a sustainable evidence-based way. So 
Yeah. <laughs> so good. And I will I tell you, I, th- I am a firm believer and here's my carbon app and I'm so excited about it. And I have used another app that we won't mention oh. and I love the macro feature and I love the coaching features on it. It's amazing. Oh, that's so good. And yeah, I love we- it because you're a foodie. Yes. Yes. Big time foodie. I don't think, uh, I mean, I would have a hard time trusting somebody that didn't love food. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's got to taste good. So I think, you know, being able to pair, you know, having a good physique, training hard, but then like really enjoying food. I think a lot of people just assume that those two things really can't go together. It's like, Mm. well, if they look good, well, they must eat less, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it's just not the case. So I'm all about, you know, creating new foods that kind of fit within my caloric needs. It's got to taste good. (laughs) So It's so good. So -hmm. what are your top three reasons why you go to the gym? Is food one of them? You know what? I probably would have said yes a little while ago, but no, I think it's, it's just grown with me as I've gotten older. Um, it's always been a part of my life. And I think, um, I, I have always enjoyed competition. Um, you know, growing up doing basketball and athletics, there was always like a competitive aspect of the sports that I did. So as I got to college and I couldn't really continue to participate in, you know, that kind of sport, um, mainly for the reason that when you live in Australia, like sport as a career, it's just not a thing. You e- you're either a, a jacked really? athletic male. No, not at all. Um, sports for females in Australia as a career, forget about it. If you want to have any kind of income. Mm-mm. So yeah, unless you're wow. a dude and you're playing AFL, uh, <laughs> you, you don't do sport. You may have an interest mm. in it. Mm. So um, I think for me, that's kind of how I gravitated into gym Uh, and lifting and just you know staying active it kind of fit my schedule I could do it whenever I wanted so um, I guess that's it's it's just grown with me so now I do it as a habit it's a hobby I love it I think some people find it you know it's awful like they hate training and exercising I could not be more opposite I just it's part of my lifestyle Mm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I love it too Yes, I've seen all of your uh, your posts. You do a lot of uh, exercise and fitness. Good on you, girl. <laughs> well, three years ago, couldn't even hardly walk around my own block. And so oh it's people like you, literally, Holly, who've inspired me and encouraged me. And one of the big reasons why I do like you is because you eat. You are not a yeah, part I of do. the salad girl club. <laughs> and <laughs> I, have something, I have a comment on that. <laughs> Yeah. Aside from keeping me off the streets, you know, eating is another motive why I like to go to work out. Oh yeah. It's definitely a benefit for sure. So tell me about the salad girl club. Oh gosh. I think (laughs) when I'm, when I met Lane, actually, I think one of the first few times that we went out for dinner together, uh, I could, I could tell like, he was kind of like, he's a nutrition guy. So this is my husband for anyone that doesn't know him, Lane. Um, we're, eating it together and I think he was just analyzing what I was going to choose and I kind of looked at him and I remember saying I was like I'm not going to order a salad like there's no chance you will ever catch me eating a salad if I go out for dinner like I couldn't think of it anything worse like exactly <laughs> like there's so many good things on the on the menu if I can make cooked it cook spinach <laughs> that could be worse <laughs> oh, I mean if it's maybe drizzled in butter and some ass with almonds that's Side of wine, yes. a whole bottle. <laughs> oh, yes, exactly. <laughs> well, and there are, there's a lot of people who assume that if you have abs or you're serious in the gym, that you're starving yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, you said something 
I don't hear very often, and that's the science of food. Mm -hmm. So tell me more about that and just how we can eat to keep our body burning mm -hmm. calories. Well, I think that's, again, that's another misconception. I think a lot of people think that if they're not active and they're not doing something, then they don't really deserve to eat. And it's just not the case. We have our basal metabolic rate. Uh, our body has a, you know, a requirement for energy just to keep the lights on, you know, for the organs to function, for the blood to pump, the heart to move, you know. So uh, we need to have a certain amount of calories. Um, and then I guess for every individual, depending on what their uh, occupational activity is like or their planned exercise, um, the energy need on top of that is going to, you know, differ quite significantly. So um, <clears throat> I think something that uh, is really important to recognize is that uh, it doesn't really, provided that you have a, an understanding of energy balance and what mm -hmm. your body's nutritional requirements are, you can choose any dieting strategy um, to suit you and your preferences. It's all about being able to sustain it long term. Yeah. So if yeah. you've tried, you know, a process that is, uh, let me just throw out a random diet. I guess the ketogenic diet's kind of been a bit of a phase. Um, I guess the paleo diet, there, there are so many, <laughs> intermittent fasting, there's probably a list of 10 at least. Right. Um, and the reason that people have success on these, uh, as I'm sure you know, it's just that they're putting you into a deficit. It's as simple mm -hmm. as that. Mm -hmm. um, and people will have great success. But I think the problem is if they've tried an approach that doesn't really go with their lifestyle, it doesn't fit their food preferences, mm. whilst they may have had some initial success, the weight ends up coming back on when they go back to the way that they prefer to eat. Yeah. So I think um, learning how to create a deficit using the foods that you like um, is super important. So uh, I guess coming back to your question about food science, I mean, every single food um, and all of its constituents, they, they have a number, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they have a certain amount of macronutrients, proteins, carbohydrates, fats, um, and provided that you are learning about what's in those foods, um, you can make them fit uh, within your nutritional requirements. And mm -hmm. that is a skill that takes time and patience. <laughs> yeah. uh, two things that people don't often have a lot of. But um, if you invest um, in that little bit of knowledge, I think, um, I guess, the overall improvements in quality of life can be a, it's a game changer <laughs> for when it comes to fat. Very much. So, I mean, yeah. I can't live without chocolate or cocoa puffs and I make them fit my macros. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Like, gosh, I think we, my friends and I, we went for a drive down to Sarasota Beach, it's an ice beach here in Florida, um, and they have amazing donuts. It's called Five O Donuts. Oh. Shout out to those guys. These are like, uh, I've never seen so many different types of donuts in one display. It must be like 30 different varieties and they're all either <sighs> stuffed with like, I don't know, apple cinnamon fillings or cream fillings. <laughs> caramel fillings like We're just everything <laughs> yeah i know i'm such a foodie um and like these are they weigh about you know 200 grams so yes it's pretty dense so i could have one and i could yeah. probably make it fit my macros yeah but i guess the consequences are and the reality is i probably wouldn't get to eat anything else for the rest of the day so <laughs> right. when yeah. you know what's in something like you really start to learn i guess what foods you prioritize and what's important to you uh, and as you learn that, it kind of becomes easier to say, you know, I'm going to hold off on that you know, second serving of fries because I know I want this later, which is more important to me. It's, you know, my yeah, value yeah. systems. So, 
Yes. <laughs> okay, I have a confession to make. I've actually sat in the grocery store and looked at the cereal and gone, okay, that one says I get a quarter of a cup. That one <laughs> says I get a cup and a half. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, that's a good thing to do. I think um, so many people don't take the time um, to like just read the label. Um, So yeah, and I guess in that situation for a lot of us, um, we would just kind of throw our hands up in the air and go, oh, I'm just not going to have it. Uh, And then they're going to deprive themselves and that's going to lead to, I guess, constant thoughts of that food. And eventually when they have no more willpower left, they're just going to go, stuff it. I'm going to eat it all anyway. So I mean, if you had have invested some time on the front end and maybe learned a little bit more about what's, you know, the constituents of food, you could have fit your cereal. (laughs) Very much. Yeah. Yeah. So instead of being able to get a cup and a half a day or a half a cup or whatever as a pre-workout or whenever you want it, sometimes I want it right before bed and I can make it work. Uh If I deprive myself a week or two of that, I'll probably eat the whole damn box. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And that's like, it's like you want, uh, when you restrict, you end up wanting it more. Yes. Uh, and I guess we only have so much willpower in a 24 hour period. And it's not like we have a box of willpower for, you know, our business and our work because hell that's stressful that we have mm. a box of willpower for our training and then our diet. Like it's all the same thing. So generally mm. like most of us, we're pretty good at the beginning of the day, but then by the end of the day, once all that stress um, and anxiety or whatever it is, it starts to accrue, like you're really starting to run a fine line of, you know, giving in. (laughs) So it's, it's, it's tough, but, um, yeah. (laughs) Okay. So Holly, step away from the first, tell them what you've done actually in bodybuilding with, uh, your trophies and you're just stunning (laughs) and, your natural beauty coming Aww. through. I mean, I look at you, you're like silk over steel. That's just what I call it. And so it, it, it's amazing because you haven't lost any of your femininity. You're very strong. Aww, you're a foodie. You. You're, you're, like, you're my kind of girl. So <laughs> step away and show them she does lift a little bit. I don't lift at all. <laughs> no. So I guess um, let's talk about accolades, I guess. Uh, I've actually been doing bodybuilding for that long. So Uh, My first show was in 2015 and uh, it actually kind of was brought to me like, hey, you should do this show because I was coaching people for shows at the time. And uh, one of my girls, she had to pull out for some reason. I think she had some kind of emergency and she said, well, how about you take my bikini and how about you go and compete? You look great. So I was like, oh, what are the perks? And I found out if you won your local, so your state show and the uh, nationals, there was a world championships in Dubai. And that had always been one of the the places that I'd wanted to travel to. So honestly, my motivation was, I just want to go to Dubai. So (laughs) what a great opportunity. So I better win. And and that's what I did. So I did an eight-week prep. Um, I was granted already in a pretty good shape. Um, But now I I look back at those competitions and I go, wow, I I just completely transformed my body in this time. Yes, you have. So yeah, first show was in 2015. I did three, um, kind of almost back to back and then, did Worlds, won my first world title. So that was for the natural uh, IMBA. Um, That's one of the common um, natural bodybuilding federations in Australia. Um, And then I kind of just went on from there. I moved into uh, the IFBB uh, and competed in figure. I was too muscular at that point to be a bikini girl. So that was kind of the only like trajectory (laughs) to go to uh, and did very well. I I, uh, placed second at nationals in 2016. Uh, and have won many, many state shows. And 
I kind of took a step back and was looking at the type of figure, I guess, that was winning in like the international scene. So looking right. at the girls in America um, and the IFBB is an untested federation, as you're probably aware. So being a natural girl and having no desire to get to that level, right. I felt a little bit lost, I guess, because I was like, mm -hmm. well, I've got a lot of muscle, but I don't want to have to put on that much muscle and I no. don't want to take drugs. Like I just, no. it's against my, um, my, my flow. <laughs> so right, exactly. Yeah. I, I guess that was kind of when I transitioned into the WBF Federation. So that, even though that's an untested federation, they don't encourage that really harsh masculine look. Yeah, um, yeah. The, the current world champs, um, Stephanie and Hattie, uh, two of my, two of my girls, um, they they're beautiful they're stunning mm -hmm. uh they've just they've got amazing glutes big thighs like yeah, yeah. But then you know small waist just very feminine so right. that was kind of um the federation that i thought i would suit and you also mm -hmm. have the opportunity to uh kind of do the theme wear and pick like whatever you want and it's, so like, fun. it's like a broadway show it's like victoria's yeah. secret on steroids like yeah it's just a really fun experience and yeah. that was just so much more appealing to me than you know the rigidity it's, it's just more fun so yeah i don't yeah. i don't want to be i don't want to look like a man no no <laughs> no so, yeah i guess um i got to worlds last year in 2019 um they announced the top 10, but then they actually only then um, made an official announcement for the top three uh, on stage. And they never made any, um, I guess, uh, they didn't ne never posted the results anywhere else. So I can say I got mm. in the top 10 at Worlds for the WB yes. Fitness. Amazing. Uh, and then I took a break. <laughs> yes, so I've been a building, break. building yes. for the last six months. Yeah, and you just started a new uh, diet with your Carbon app, and you've got a group that you're doing. Yes. Is it ten weeks? Twelve, twelve weeks. Sorry, twelve weeks. Yeah, that twelve weeks is, of fifteen hundred calories. Um, well, it'll probably be. I don't know. I'm not sure what will happen with my nutrition. It depends how my body responds. So, yeah, um, yeah it's a twelve week get lean and train with me. Um, I, for me, this fat loss phase is going to be a little bit more, I guess, relaxing, hopefully, and a bit more enjoyable because I'm not, there isn't the pressure to get on stage at the end. And I've only, that's all I've ever known. Yeah, um, yeah. But it's, it's also, you run a fine line when you're a competitor in, you know, perhaps developing some less than optimal, I guess, relationships with food. Yeah. Um, it is psycholo psychologically challenging to do a prep and to get that lean yeah, yeah so i i found that over the course of the years of doing this that um i guess i became a little bit rigid in my approach and it wasn't good for my mental health mm -hmm. um based on my lifestyle you know i have mm -hmm. kids now two kids uh two yeah, yeah. stepchildren right. uh, i have a husband that i have to give attention to i have businesses right. yeah. and to be successful on that level yes. requires so much discipline and it's very selfish. Yes. And I didn't like how that was affecting my, my life right. um, for this lifestyle that I live. So this fat loss phase is going to be uh, a little bit more relaxed. You know, if I, if I have something that comes up, um, I'm going to take a couple of days of a diet break and, you know, eat at maintenance and enjoy myself and not put so much pressure um, to lose. But Gosh, I can tell you now, I hope my calories don't go down too much lower, but again, oh, it's just you. how your metabolism responds. <laughs> and I can totally relate because I competed in my 20s. Did you? And completely lost myself. 
yep. was in the East Coast Championship in that and body dysmorphia was so bad. I began to think 4.5% was normal. Mm. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's insane. I cannot believe Isn't it. That was back in the Corey Everson days when you do not have a butt. And your goal is to diet your butt and your thighs away. And I am genetically wired to have a big butt. <laughs> hey, you're, well, yeah. you're, you're in a good position. <laughs> now I am. I didn't even know <sighs> until September of 2017 when I walked into the gym. I was like, people are actually trying to get a big butt now. Glutes mm, mm -hmm. <laughs> have a thing. <laughs> speaking to just, you know, we only have so much priority and you're running a business now with your new husband, you have two stepkids and you said something that very few people will be bold enough to say. And that is, it is selfish mm. to think that I can actually give what I need to. So speak into that. I want to hear more. I, I really appreciate that your values there. I think, um, my lifestyle has been very different, I guess, <laughs> throughout the course of my adulthood. Uh, and I've been like very much a bit of a lone stag. Uh, I, I would say like strong, independent, don't need no man, you know, living in different countries, <laughs> uh, living on my own and really just growing my businesses. And I haven't really had to pay too much attention to other areas. You know, I haven't lived with my family since I was 17 years old. I moved away for college. That was in another state. Uh, and it was across the water. So, you know, I've, mm. I haven't had um, a lot of, I guess, connections that I've needed to keep strong. And it enabled mm. me to have that career and to do all of these shows. But, you know, as you are trying to, you know, fit in time for all of the things that are important to you, bodybuilding is really challenging. And I think there's a lot of um, unknown truths about, you know, the discipline that's required. Mm. Um, and whatever the case, how, whatever you see on social media about people that are constantly in great shape, um, there's probably a lot of sacrifice that people mm. aren't aware of. So I'd love to speak on that. And I think um, hopefully Please it do. kind of enlightens a few people if you perhaps had, you know, thought, gee, mm. I wonder how they do this. They always look so good. They must be so happy. Oh, look at that gorgeous couple. Like, oh, they're living the dream. Well, first off, let's talk about libido. <laughs> That let's is the talk first, about libido. Let's talk about libido. So as your body fat <laughs> levels decline, uh, your leptin levels decrease, your hunger hormones are raging. Mm -hmm. The last thing you were thinking about is, hey, let's hop in the sack. You know, that's it. It's it's for men, especially like a lot of the pro bodybuilders. By the time they're you know maybe six or seven weeks out, um, they are completely hypogonadal. They're not producing mm -hmm. any testosterone. So mm -hmm. they're more interested in the pizza, like sitting in the fridge, than their wife walking past. Like that's how mm -hmm. you know you're lean. So yeah, I think that's it, might, it, it might look good, um, but like the discipline to kind of just completely turn that away, like turn food away as well. Like it, it's really challenging. Mm -hmm. um, so for people that are able to do that, they're probably not foodies because I know for me how much I struggle with it. Um, as somebody that enjoys eating like it's just it's it's hard the period of dieting mm -hmm. is always hard <laughs> so there's the it, libido it can be stuff insane which, yeah it, it you can, can smell really food through the packages in the grocery store i remember <laughs> smelling bread through the wrapper going what's wrong with my brain right so but that's a normal response like it's an mm -hmm. evolutionary mechanism that is protecting us from starvation and i mean it, it's great yeah. from the evolutionary perspective yeah uh, but for today's day and age where food is surplus and plentiful and we have access to everything at any time of the day like that's, it's a, a genetic, um, you know, inherent change that we probably don't need anymore <laughs> because no. we have a surplus of food. But um, so, yeah, I think 
dieting can really have a, a negative impact on relationships um, if you are getting that lean. So mm. that's something that's not often talked about. Um, and I know I've experienced that. And poor Lane, I just say to him every time I'm going to get on stage, I'm like, oh, honey, I'll just see you in a few months. So it's, it's tough. But I guess uh, moving beyond that, um, I guess some of the other things that a lot of people aren't prepared to share uh, are, I guess, the changes in mood. Uh, mm-hmm. So mood disturbances, um, high levels of irritability, mm-hmm. um, I guess, very frustrated, angry. And it can just feel like the world is coming down on you. So um, in our research uh, publication that we're going to be, I guess, getting out there very soon, we haven't started um, putting all the data together, but I can kind of talk on, I guess, the methods. So for the last two years, um, I've been collecting all of my data. So uh, every week I would go in or every other week I'd go in and get my um, metabolic rate tested. Um, I would have all my skin calipers, body fat measurements done using ultrasounds, uh, all of my hormones, like every parameter that you could potentially measure during contest prep, we measured. Um, uh, And during that phase, I guess, lost my train of thought. (laughs) No, you're good. (laughs) Um, So yeah, we were measuring all of those parameters. And one of the, I guess, questionnaires was, uh, I guess, a psychological questionnaire. And it would ask about... Um, you know, on a scale, using a Leichhardt scale of one to 10, um, how much was your sleep in, uh, impeded or impacted? And uh, how was your mood? Or do you ever feel like something was overwhelming and that it was um, really negatively impacting your day-to-day function? And then it's also like, how does this diet impact your day-to-day living? Can you mm-hmm. walk um, a set of stairs? Like there's just so mm-hmm. many questions that are in these uh, Q&As. Um, Memory loss, fog Yes just ability to function. So that is We're not even talking about physiologically losing your period and everything else that goes with that when you get that lean for competing. Yes, yes. So there's there's that aspect, the psychological aspect. Um, I guess losses in strength, you know, by the end of the prep, we were doing strength testing. I lost about seven seven to 10% of my one rep max strength uh, for my squats and my deadlifts. Wow. Um, just general energy. Like yes. it's hard and people don't t- tell you that. Oh um, no. The Instagram photos don't tell you that. Are you oh, no, it's, it's it doesn't always... tell you that you were on the way to the gym and you forgot where you were. <laughs> yeah. I remember competing and like sitting there in the road going, holy crap. Mm-hmm. Where am I? Yeah, right. Because <laughs> you just go off into a daze when your sugar's so low and you're you're getting yeah. that lean. Nobody talks about that. No, it's really frustrating. I think um, I I really try to be as transparent as possible. I have a, a YouTube channel where I am kind mm. of talking through every week just an update about the process at that time. So I've done a fat so loss one, reverse that. one, and I try to lay it all out there because I think so many Instagram people just want to put the positives. And I mean, that's, that's great. Um, you know, there's nothing wrong with being a positive person, but I think it's mm-hmm. also to show, you know, if you are having a bad day, uh, let's talk about it. Like, yes. okay, here are, the, here are my struggles. This is what I'm yes. going through. So, yes. you know, it's, you're going after a long day of work, um, you've got to get to the gym at nine o'clock to get that last bit of cardio in. Like, you know, they're, they're not things that people are <laughs> sharing. No. So, yeah, You'd be rather tough. be with your husband pouring a glass of wine at night. Oh my God. Rather than yes. doing your freaking cardio at the gym. And- <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Gosh, yeah, yeah. I was trying to, um, to write a book. Uh, we're doing the reverse dieting guide whilst I was prepping for Wales and kind of after. And it was incredibly hard um, just to be able to sit down and concentrate and get words on paper, like incredibly difficult. So, um, and then trying to manage clients, 
trying to get all your training in. Um, you were working on another business at that time. Like it was just like my head was going to explode. I can't, <laughs> so I can't even. Yeah. So <laughs> it doesn't, you know, you're the one who would put the caption of a really lean picture and then underneath it say, haven't had my period for four weeks, have no sex drive, basically mm -hmm. have no memory, can't mm -hmm. seem to com coherently communicate, but yeah. here's my picture. Yes. Mm -hmm. No, I think um, there is a bit of a difference, I guess, between getting stage land and just somebody like from the general pop trying to diet down. So uh, whilst I've probably painted quite a, <laughs> a negative uh, picture for it. No, it's it, all good. Realistic. That, that is realistic, I guess, for people that are, you know, at the competitive level, you know, getting stage lean. But I think um, there is a lovely happy medium, thankfully. Yep, absolutely. Uh, and, and there is a process that can be uh, sustainable. And I guess knowing um, the science and having some education behind you um, in how you go about that approach um, can make all the difference. So I guess um, something that we've been really... I guess proactive about is just helping people to learn uh, what is it, what is a sustainable approach to fat loss and how can we make it easier? What are, what are your methods? So mm -hmm. um, yeah, we tried to get that across in all of the, the books. Yeah. I wish I would have documented it more because something I didn't even have a chance to tell Lane. So I hope that you'll let him know about this. And I really want to have you um, talk about it is the reverse dieting aspect. And mm -hmm. so three years ago, I hadn't been in the gym in 25 years and wow. Crohn's disease and RA was weaning off of opiates and prednisone. And wow. it was Lane's teaching on reverse dieting that helped me to go from eating 40 carbs a day to over 200 a day and actually accelerate my metabolism to be faster than when I was in my thirties. I'm 56. Wow. And so a lot of people might see reverse dieting as only for bodybuilding. Will you talk about how beneficial reverse dieting can be for women who maybe have over dieted or mm -hmm. with hormone fluctuations, how it actually strengthens the body and can reboot that metabolism? Yeah. So uh, I guess the term was probably coined back in maybe 2012 um, by Lane. <laughs> so uh, I've had no, uh, the genius. best person to kind of guide me, guide me through this and then have a play witness to, you know, coaching people and then the research kind of followed. So um, the reverse diet, the, the purpose of it is to help restore your endogenous metabolism or your metabolic rate to its utmost potential uh, whilst minimizing body fat regain. So what tends to happen is for a lot of people, men and women um, who go through this yo-yo dieting phase is they'll drastically, uh, that is the first mistake, drastically under uh, eat uh, and restrict their calories. And um, it's a very normal response for our metabolism to kind of slow down to I guess, combat, you know, potential starvation or death. It, it, like I was talking about before, it's an evolutionary right. response. So the metabolism starts to slow down. Um, and then usually people will have dieted for a point where they're kind of, they're done, they need to give up or that, that's the end of the diet. Um, mm -hmm. And then they'll make the mistake of um, returning back to their pre-diet calories or just it might not even be like an excessive amount. It might just be mm -hmm. an extra 500 calories um, that still feels very normal for them. Um, mm -hmm. But the consequence is they'll put on a tremendous amount of body fat, uh, potentially regain everything that they lost and more. Mm -hmm. um, and then 
I guess if they repeat that process, then they'll restrict their calories again. Um, they may lose the weight uh, and it's just a vicious cycle. And over time, what we see is people are maintaining their weight on incredibly low calories, which doesn't mm -hmm. make sense, no. uh, but is a direct response or outcome to that years of dieting. Um, and also potentially going absolutely nuts in the gym, like having to train every yes. day yeah. uh, and they're not getting any progress. Like I can't tell you the number of women who I've just had bawling. Like I just, I put in so much effort. I track my diet, but mm. I'm struggling to lose weight on 1200 calories. And that makes me sad. So this whole process is just, it, it's changed so many people's lives. Very much. I wish that I had known this when I was young because I, I personally suffered with an eating disorder as a young girl. And I thought that, yes, mm -hmm. and it's so many people don't talk about it. It's a bit of a taboo, no. but yeah. um, had I known what I know now about yeah. the reverse diet process, I would be a different human. I, I just yes. know it. So I guess how the process works to repair somebody's metabolism is um, very slowly and gradually we start to reintroduce calories and it, it's slow for a reason. It's so that our metabolism has time to kind of catch up and meet, you know, the calories that we're consuming. Um, and eventually over time, you'll be able to increase them, increase them, increase them mm -hmm. and get to a point where you're able to now finally eat a normal amount of calories. So 2,200 is my maintenance. Good girl. That's awesome. <laughs> That's good. That's good. So I think um, the biggest fear for so many people about that whole process is like weight gain. Um, yes. like, well, I'm adding calories. How am I not going to gain body fat? Right. Well, there is a small risk. It depends on, you know, the individual, how somebody will respond but right. generally, based on observations of having worked with hundreds of people through this process, and myself as well, uh, I do this every year, <laughs> right. um, is that a little bit of body fat regain is actually necessary, um, particularly if you are trying to build muscle. Um, muscle doesn't just grow out of nothing. It needs calories Energy. to do that, <laughs> a good amount of protein and a, and a resistance-based training program. Mm -hmm. So, um, but, but generally what we see is uh, as calories increase, any body fat regain is far outweighed by the uh, increases in calories. And we can yeah. actually determine um, when we, someone goes through a fat loss phase, uh, sorry, through a reverse diet phase, mm -hmm. okay, what amount of weight gain can we um, equate to uh, the calories that you've increased? Right. But then the remaining, the difference is your metabolism improving. So we can literally mm -hmm. look at that and compare it. Yes. Um, we talk about that uh, in our book, The Reverse Dieting Guide. So, mm -hmm. so many people have valued from this. Um, eventually over time, if you go through a number of phases of this reverse diet integrated with periods of fat loss, um, what we end up seeing is uh, people's body weight kind of going down towards what their ideal is, but the calories are kind of on the way back up. So it's kind mm -hmm. of like a bit of a roller coaster with, you know, how we implement them. So to give you a very brief example, but this is not like the only way to do it, uh, but I'll often do a, you know, 15, 20 week diet with diet breaks uh, for those who are uh, wanting to take those. That's periods at maintenance. Um, where uh, I guess we're not inten intentionally trying to lose weight. It's just a break um, right. from the diet. And that's been shown to help mitigate uh, decreases in our lean body mass, uh, as well as, um, I guess, 
minimize the risk of metabolic slowing. So mm. um, compared to a continuous diet. Mm -hmm. So um, we'll do a, do a period of dieting with those breaks uh, and then we'll kind of match the time frame for the reverse diet. And ideally we're trying to maintain the end of diet body weight, but we're trying right. to score those calories right back up with minimal right. change. And then you repeat yeah. that process. So over time you're getting people to their all time ideal body composition and we're getting it to them to their all time ideal calories, which yes. is just amazing. So it is yeah. amazing because <laughs> the other thing I found is because I knew I had to eat more if I'm going to work out and need more energy. Again, I was used to carbs like 40 or 60 for years. Gosh. And, and then sometimes maybe even a thousand calories or 1200. Mm -hmm. So whenever I would try to add protein shakes or whatever the typical advice is, I not only would get bloated, I'd get constipated. And then I felt like my metabolism slowed down. Mm -hmm. So with what you guys teach on reverse dieting, it kind of, it inches your way up and you wake up sometimes and you're like, holy crap, I ate 500 more calories per day this week and I dropped two pounds and I can see my mm -hmm. abs. I know. And you isn't know, that that's the a... wildest that you feel like you're winning times 11 million. You yes, know? <laughs> that, that phenomenon, it is, it probably takes place. Let me just think about the, the percentage just roughly. And this is an anecdote probably takes place in about 10% of the people that I work with. So yeah. when it comes to reverse dieting, they, they may gain a tiny little bit off the front end. And that's mm -hmm. just generally due to increasing carbohydrate. Yeah. You've now got increased uh, muscle glycogen stores. And when you store glycogen, it pulls in water. That's just yeah. how it's stored. Right. So there's usually an initial increase in weight just from the, the glycogen. It's not fat. Um, but as their body kind of starts to relax a little, and realizes, hey, she's feeding me. This is awesome. Yeah, we're their, not starving. Uh, output, <laughs> they're, they're neat. They're non-exercise activity thermogenesis. Mm -hmm. So that's incidental movement, um, like fidgeting, just, you know, being happy to walk the set of stairs instead of taking the lift. You know, you're an unplanned activity like you're doing now, just moving around animation. It starts to go up and mm. it can, for some people, uh, end up overcompensating so much so uh, that they actually drop weight, even though we've increased their calories, because now they've got newfound energy, their performance in the gym goes up, they're able to actually put in a good effort, they're lifting more, mm -hmm. um, and then their weight does actually go down. And that absolutely seems to be the case um, for people that are starting off with a higher body fat percentage, but have been restricted in calories for a long period of time. So yeah, that definitely is far more common um, in people that perhaps are a little bit more overweight at the beginning of a reverse diet, which is very motivating for them, in fact. It's very motivating. And mm. it, it also, in my personal experience, helped and I, by following a lot of what you said, enabled me to to look at my whole week and put in donuts where I wanted to on a treat meal day <laughs> or like mine is I swear by cheeseburger french fry bacon mayo give me the ketchup I need chocolate <laughs> dessert too yeah. and then the next day is legs day and you don't gain any weight many times you can even lose it mm -hmm. yeah yeah <laughs> you, you wake up on Tuesday and you go is it Friday yet <laughs> Yeah, I know, I know. I'm I'm somebody that likes to try and include just a little something. I think each day during Every the week. Every day, I yeah. Think. yeah, um, yeah. When I have enough calorie flexibility, when I'm getting down to the the wiry end, I guess of a conscious prep, it it's more select. Like I will just wait until the weekend when I've got some free time and I can sit down and enjoy it. Right. Um, but when like, I guess in an off season for me, 
And I think the highest I've ever gotten my calories up to in my off season is about 2,500. And I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm not an adapter so, or a responder. So when we think about um, how people respond to something like a reverse diet or even fat loss, uh, we have people that seem to be able to increase calories by quite a bit. Um, and their metabolism adapts very quickly, which is great in the case of a reverse diet because all of a sudden people can just keep adding and adding and adding. I've had women that have been able to get the calories up to like 500 grams a day. Like I, I've had a couple of 25-year-olds that have been able to get over 500 and 90 plus grams of fat. And they're maintaining a body weight of like 62 kilograms which is blows my mind. That's like 134 pounds, right? Yeah, yeah. So there are, we have people that are adapters, but on the same token, uh, there are people that are able to do that. But when they diet down, because they're an adapter, their metabolism adapts down to those calories very quickly too. So wow. in those situations, um, it's great for the people that are able to um, kind of get their calories up that high because they have so much flexibility, right. uh, you know, to eat a variety of foods, to have a really good relationship with food and not feel restricted. Mm -hmm. um, but it still means that when they diet, yeah, it's going to be hard. Dieting, right. dieting isn't, if it wasn't easy, everyone would be walking around shredded. Right. But um, yeah, we have those adapters and I'm, I'm not one of them, sadly. I'm just normal. <laughs> I just kind of, I, I respond a little bit to both. So, um, yeah, I've been able to get my calories up to about 2,500. And when I have that kind of flexibility, um, I, I definitely like to just put a little something in every single day. <laughs> just, yeah, yeah. I look forward to it. You know, you work hard, long days. You want to come home and be able to have a bowl of ice cream or a donut or whatever it is. <laughs> so this just goes to show how long I've been watching Lane and you what's inside the food safe do you still use the food safe i remember you guys showing a safe that you actually <laughs> put food in yes. i literally i have a, a cabinet that's way on the other side of the house with the twizzlers and the popcorn and the you know the gummy bears and, and all right. that what's well, inside your food safe right all now the foods, we have so like lane has very like in his off season his calories are crazy. It'd be like, I don't know, four and a half thousand. So this man, you can't just say to him, well, just eat clean foods, honey. Like, you know, just eat that stuff. He needs to eat those calorie dense foods uh, so that he doesn't have fiber overflowing out of his esophagus. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So uh, for him, he has, a you know, the normal regular like whole foods that make up uh, most of his diet. And then he'll be throwing in like all the junk food that you can imagine it was in my house and I, here's me like trying to get ready for worlds. Uh, like the most important thing. And I just like open the cupboard and it's like billowing out with Skittles. I'm just like drowning in my kitchen with Tim Tams and jars of peanut butter. It, it was, it's just overwhelming. So I like, I like to make fun of him because he eats so much junk, but he can, he can get away with it. He has the flexibility. He's worked hard to get his metabolism to where it is. Um, but it, it definitely, it sits out of sight. And I think one of the, I guess one of the strategies that can make very, uh, or much easier for people to diet is not having things in your direct sight or line of sight. So whether that means that you're putting stuff up to, you know, the top shelf. So for me, like he will throw things up the back cause that would, I'd have to climb up onto the counter, like to find this stuff. Who and wants it's, to it's, do that? <laughs> it's like, sometimes I just know that would stop me from doing it because I'd have to exert effort to get to the cupboard. But I guess um, for stageling competitions, 
Um, I just didn't want to have that temptation. So we have this great big, well, it's actually just in his office. It's just out upstairs. Um, and all the cupboards are food, full of uh, his favorite foods. And all the kids, they like to have, uh, I guess, cookies and all the good stuff. Right. Um, but it's just a way out of sight. We just didn't want them either just being able to grab whatever they want, whenever they want. So Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's it so good. <laughs> it's so good. Okay, so Holly, do you guys um, work with women who are like in their 40s and 50s and they're going through that? big hormonal shift but they also want to keep like for example having body fat at 13 percent is great when you're 20 or 30 having body you know mine tends to be around 18 19 percent yeah and so that's where you want it when you're my age so that your skin yeah, looks great and your sex drive still there and you yeah. still think you're not insane yeah. yes. <laughs> what do you have in words for women like that and going through that transition and doing a lot of what we've just talked about. Do you have any insight on that? Have you worked with groups like that? Yeah, absolutely. I probably 50% of my clients at the moment are over the age of 40, 45. So oh, yes, wow. it's definitely a demographic that I work with. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest challenge for a lot of the people um, that have started, I guess, following us is that they have a past. They have a chronic, uh, a chronic history of dieting. Mm. So a lot of these people are kind of, you know, as I've described before, like they're getting to the point where they feel like they have, they can't uh, maintain their weight um, unless it's incredibly low calories. Uh, they feel like they're overexerting themselves. They're doing, you know, they're consistent with their training. Um, and they're just in a really hard spot. And now let's throw menopause into that where you've got changes to your estrogen levels, your progesterone, um, our, we're getting hormone shifts that are driving increases in body fluid. Mm -hmm. Um, and I guess those hormones, especially specifically estrogen, it kind of acts in a very similar way to what would happen if you ate a really high sodium diet. Right. Um, so it kind of uh, affects the hormone aldosterone uh, and our renin angiotensin system. So how we kind of go about, um, excreting sodium uh, and how our body maintains fluid balance. Right. So, a lot of the time as women go through this transition, um, they experience quite a shift in body weight. It may not necessarily be body fat. Um, mm -hmm. More often than not, it is just a transient rise in total body water um, mm -hmm. due to those shifts in hormones. And until they go and see their endocrinologist, they get on some kind of uh, you know medication if that's necessary to get them back into the normal ranges. Right. It can be a really frustrating space where they just feel stuck and it's like, oh, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter what I do, you know, nothing works. So my process is still very similar. I mean, I still have to do an uh, initial nutrition assessment and make sure, you know, what's your past? Like, how did we get here in the first place? And then, right. you know, just going through those motions of, okay, well, right now, if we tried to diet you, your diet calories might be 1,200 calories. If you're willing to do that, um, I will support that. We have a hard cutoff where we won't diet someone on a certain amount of calories per kilogram of their lean body mass. It's just right. unrealistic, not sustainable. But if they're there, um, it probably means we have to do the reverse diet first. Mm -hmm. And it might mean that we... We're not focusing on weight loss right now. We're just mm -hmm. working on restoring your metabolism. So in the future, yeah. dieting can be successful for you because yeah. right now we've got nothing to pull from. There's no calories to take and you're already working the candle at both ends. So uh, yeah, the process is very similar. It's just um, identifying, I guess, the different uh, things that can kind of influence our daily day-to-day day -day weight fluctuations. And I think that's really, really good because a lot of women beat themselves up and you know when then when you get into your 50s i actually have to take a topical estrogen take a topical testosterone so that i actually have some mm -hmm. the other side and then 
working out is the one of the best ways to balance some yes. of that. But if you don't have somebody like you speaking to that, it can all become I'm the only one or you know, I'm just going to have to starve myself, which combats the problem. Reverse dieting. Um, everybody really needs your guide on reverse dieting. <laughs> they really do. They also need your uh, food prep um, hacks. On, I mean, you're one of the few people I know on the planet who can make a cake, a pie, a whatever, and you're like <laughs> salivating and the macros still fit. It's yes. like, oh my gosh, you know, yes, just a I know. Couple, it's a few tweaks. It's not five hours in the kitchen. It's just a few tweaks. It's not. And I think that's something really important as well. Like I'm busy. People are busy. People yes. have children. They yeah. have several jobs. They might be a, stay home, like a single mom, whatever the <laughs> case, maybe you're retired and you're trying to make this your priority. Like it doesn't matter who you are, like everybody is time poor. So one of the big things uh, that I really try to stand true to when it comes to recipe development is not putting a list this long yeah. <laughs> of ingredients because yes. I don't want to be in the kitchen, like doing that. No, I laughed. The other day I saw a video uh, pop up on my feed and it was like quick and easy. Um, I don't know. It was like a Thai dish. Anyway, it was this like chef and I kid you not, the, the camera pans over all of the herbs. There were 30, 30 ingredients. And I'd have like, seven or eight not in my house. So then I got right, to run to the store. Right, By the time like, you run to the store, who wants to make that dang thing? Exactly. I was like, I'm, I feel like I'm pretty competent in like food science and food awareness. I'm like, I don't even know what that is. That is not a simple recipe. So yeah, I think that was something that was really important to me. Like in all of the recipes that I have in the books, they, I try to keep them as simple as possible, but sometimes like you got to get a little creative if you're trying yeah, yeah. to hit very low calories. Yeah. Um, you have to give a little bit of love. Yeah, um, yeah. You can't just expect things to fall on your plate. I have yeah, learned yeah. that you've got to work hard if you want to get yeah. somewhere in life. <laughs> so, yeah, 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 yes. <laughs> so tell us, Holly, where we can get the information on the reverse dieting, the Carbon app, which I think anybody listening needs to get the Carbon app, whether you work out or not. It is like, <laughs> it's a great tool for accountability and helping you stay on track without feeling like there's only one way to do it. Right. So uh, carbon diet coach, I'll start with that. So uh, basically that is, uh, it's been developed by my husband, Lane Norton uh, mm. and fellow dietitian, Keith Craker. Um, so we wrote a logic that replicates essentially what we would do as coaches. So it's like, if this, then this, if this, then this, it will coach you exactly the way that we would respond to a client for fat loss or yes. reverse dieting and for muscle gain. And it also helps you stay at maintenance. Um, and you can find that uh, at www.joincarbon.com. It's available on Android and iOS. And so good. I, yeah, we'll put support. that in the description too. Thank you. Thank you. I think um, the positive uh, support we've received from people that have started using it is just overwhelming. Like, ah, oh, I'm just, my heart is filled every time yes, I go and check right? our Facebook page. The group page is incredible. Um, as for the books, uh, we have books. Uh, one of the books is called the complete conscious prep guide. Uh, we have another book called fat loss forever. These are, uh, highly uh, valuable books, a lot of education. Um, but they take, uh, what seemingly is complicated science and we really kind of dull it down, uh, make it far more comprehensive and understandable to the lay population. So mm -hmm. it's a tool guide to help you implement fat loss. If you're somebody that wants to try and learn and do it yourself yeah, yeah. Uh, and then of course how to sustain it. And then the reverse dieting guide obviously goes through who it's appropriate for, how to implement it, you know, how do you manage your training and all the other things that kind of go into it. 
um, they can be found at the BioLane store and it's simply BioLaneStore.com. <laughs> so good. So yeah. good. Well, this has been so fun and I look forward to sometimes our lives are going to connect and we're going to have a great workout and then we're going to go eat together. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, girl. <laughs> Sure. Thank you for well, taking the time and appreciate you so much. No, thank you so much for having me. It's been awesome.